Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Fazio. I am so excited about our guest today. She is absolutely phenomenal. Her name's Gogo, and she is um, a, a top producer with 8 million in production, but that is like just the tip of the iceberg about how interesting she is, and you are going to love this podcast. So get your earphones on, ignore everything else, and let's get started. Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Kentrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hello, ladies. Hi, Kristen. Hello, Gogo. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This is, I've been looking forward to this for weeks. So I am super I'm excited. So um, I love your story. I love what you do. So many people are going to be blessed to hear about your background and the things that you can offer of value. So why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself? Oh, gosh. Well, I got this great idea. I think I was eight. I watched an Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, originally, I'm from Romania. And right as communism ended, my dad came home with a color television and a, and a VCR player and brought home two movies, uh, 48 Hours by Eddie Murphy. And uh, that was my first time introduction. Like when you live in communism, it's like living in a shoebox with a lid on. Like news doesn't come in, books don't come in, like nothing outside of, of Romania. We knew I, so when I saw that movie, that was the first time for me realizing that there are other kinds of people besides just white people, because that's all we had. Like, I've never seen anything but white until then. And I just thought he was so funny. Like, I thought he was the funniest human being I have ever seen in my life. And he seemed so happy to me. And I remember as an, as an eight-year-old, I'm like, I'm going to go wherever that man is at because he's so happy. He's probably happy because of where he's at. You know, I'm an eight-year-old. What do I know? And so that's my first recollection of going to America. And uh, then when I was 21, you know, life works out for you, for our favor. So whatever you set, uh, um, consciously or unconsciously, your internal GPS is going to take you there. So when I was 21, I got the opportunity to come to the U.S. as an au pair. And oh, I really? yeah, oh, nice. I didn't know that. No. I hired you. <laughs> I know. I was definitely hired you. You were probably an amazing au pair. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. The wife wasn't a fan. <laughs> I only did that for six months, but um, I loved that. I had four children um, to watch, and and I learned a lot. I my English was very broken. Um, I thought I spoke English until I arrived at New York Airport, and this big tall black guy was talking to me, and I said English, please, and he said I'm speaking it. I was like, oh, if you English, then I'm not speaking English. I learned British English, the proper English. So when I came here, it's like, you know, you guys say, how are you? And there I learned, how do you do? So if I said here, how do you do? You would be looking at me like, what? <laughs> the hardest part was to learn slang. And mm -hmm. then uh, I met my husband two months after. Uh, so I spent two weeks in New York going through the au pair training. Then I was transferred to my host family in Michigan. Um, and pretty much at my two months in the state of Michigan, I met my husband in a bar. I'd St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> where else? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, we hit it off. He invited me for a date. Um, so we met on a Tuesday. 
first date on a Saturday. Then I met his parents on Sunday. Two months after that, I was moved in. Two months after that, we were married. Shut up. Oh, gosh. So how long have you been married now? Uh, 17 years. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That so, I did not know that about you. What a great story. Yeah. Oh, no. I remember calling my parents to tell them that I'm getting married because Dwayne proposed. And my dad goes, what did you say his name was? <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, oh we, have, we kind of have a problem. Yeah, I might be jumping ship here, but you know, you know what you know. Um, wow. We've been happily married for 17 years. Uh, you know, it gets better with time. I feel like we hit bumps along the road, but we are stronger than ever. Um, well, and now you're working together, right? He just got his real estate license. Yeah, now on top of it all, <laughs> he's a licensed. Mm -hmm. Licensed realtor too. Since October second, he quit his corporate America job, um, and a full time realtor now. That is That's awesome. so cool. It is such, that is such a good story. I love the how we met stories. I, I, I love them. I love mm -hmm. them. They're so good. Yeah. You have a great one. Keep telling it. So tell us about your kids. Yeah, so we have two boys. Uh, we kind of lived a little bit of the young life first. So the boys are Kobe's going to be thirteen this month. And Duke is going to be 11 um, next month in August. Um, Kobe is type 1 diabetic and colorblind and has celiac. <laughs> oh, really? Duke is fine. Oh. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> right? Is that why you cook? Yeah. So I, well, yes and no. I always was interested. Well, I couldn't say always. I started being interested in nutrition um, when I moved to the U.S., because I gained 16 pounds in the first month and I was here. And mind you, I was always 96 pounds, like 98, sorry, 98 pounds soaking wet. Like I'm a little person. And what happened is I moved to the U.S. in the first month I gained 16 pounds, for, which for me was like 20% of my body weight. You know, I thought you said 60 pounds at first. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. 16. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so I started looking, so I ended up going to a doctor here because I thought something was wrong with me. I thought maybe I'm pregnant, but I'm like, I can't be pregnant. I haven't had sex unless I'm St. Mary. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what is going on here? So I went to a doctor and the doctor looks at me and he goes, honey, are you from Eastern Europe? And I'm like, yes, he goes, then stop eating meat and dairy and you'll be fine. And I was like, what do you mean stop eating meat and dairy? Like. I'm from Eastern Europe. That's all we eat is meat and potatoes. So um, and then I, that kind of opened up my eyes to start doing research about it. Like, what does he mean by it? Realized all of the difference between, you know, my body was never used to antibiotics, but not used to hormones, but not used to the things that animals are given here to grow bigger. So you have more meat to sustain a whole country. Um, I was used to my grandma had sheep. My grandma had goats. My grandma had cows. My grandma had pigs. My grandma had chickens. My grandma had everything we ate. My grandma had it came from far, farm to fork. There was no antibiotics. There was no nothing. They ate literally off of the fields, you know, fresh stuff. And and um, so that kind of opened up my eyes. Hold on a minute. It's not like that here. And then I had to figure out, okay, what do we need to do in order to, A, lose the weight and, and continue upkeep it? And so that kind of started my journey of understanding food and understanding the food in America, especially. And yeah. so we went down on that route. We only eat organic. So if you see any meat, fruit, vegetables, any dairy in my house, it's always organic. We do not joke around with that. Um, we actually just hired a chef uh, last week. That was my goal for the year. And uh, we couldn't do it because I can't trust that it's organic. 
and I really can't get over it. You know what I mean? So it's not something that, unless she's making it right here where I can see that she's pulling off the label and it says organic right on there, I just can't trust it. My husband's like, I'm not even get this. So literally one of the chicken breasts was like this big. If you eat organic chicken, you know, they don't naturally grow that big. So yeah. I just like, I can't trust it. If I can't trust it, I just can't put it in my body. Um, so we stop that and, and we are going to probably figure out hiring somebody now that can maybe come to the house once or, you know, a couple of times a week where I control the groceries and I can watch them make it. So then that way my mind is at ease knowing that we are eating organic. Um, but then that took me down on the rabbit hole of, of researching other things. When I met my husband, he had allergies really bad. I never met anyone. I never even heard the word of allergy in my life. Um, and I started researching that. And so I got, then I leased the cow, <laughs> believe it or not. So um, I, the cow. I can go down the rabbit hole for you. Wait, you the cow? Yes, because in Michigan, and I don't know in other states, but in Michigan, you cannot buy raw milk. It's illegal. Um, mm. But I needed raw milk in order to. whole milk? So whole milk is different. Uh -huh. It means that the fat is in the milk. Raw milk uh -huh. is, it was not heated. It was not treated. Um, in the mm -hmm. store. So they, in U.S., they treat and they homogenize milk where they spin it so fast. If you think about back in the day when they dropped off the glass milk at your front porch, mm -hmm. there was cream on top, you mm -hmm. remember, and the milk in the bottom. Now you will never find milk that has cream on top because it's homogenized, which means they spin it so fast that they change the molecular structure of the milk and mm -hmm. now it's mixed into the milk. You don't have to shake your milk anymore. There's no cream on top. My gosh, there's you are a wealth of knowledge. I know, I love all this. But there's a brand here. Um, you can get it at like Sprouts, and it's a glass jar, and it does. It has the cream at the top. And you, yeah, when you take the lid off, it's like a bubble, and you yeah. do have to shake it. But it's, yeah, it yeah. is. But it probably says on there, right on there, it's non-homogenized. So you can buy non-homogenized milk. And even in Michigan, there's a company who does it, but you can buy raw milk. So which mm -hmm. means your milk was heated. When they heat it, they heat it for a reason. They heat it to kill the bacteria. But when you heat it, you also change. You're also killing the good bacteria with the bad. Mm. You know what I, I mean? I have no idea. I had no idea about that. So you in order to get raw milk to, to help cure my husband's allergies, um, I had to lease a cow. Because when you own your own cow, you own their bodily fluids. And milk. <laughs> milk is a bodily fluid. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the cow. I I own my dog's pee. <laughs> yeah. 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 You own the dog, you own their bodily fluid. So that's how it I got local raw honey, local raw milk. The milk, the in order to treat allergies, it has to be full whole milk um, because the allergens attach themselves to the fat in the milk. When you remove the fat, you remove the allergen. So what happens is your body naturally doesn't get used to it. So I can roll around in poison ivy in the backyard because I was raised on goat's milk and goat's favorite food is poison ivy. Wow. Really? Yeah, so I naturally got the allergens from the organic raw goat's milk, what I was raised on. So I can go and pick it by hand, roll around, nothing happens. My husband just walks by it and the wind hits it, he turns out in a mash. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, so That's just, think, you know, things like, well, but that took me down on the rabbit hole of chemicals yeah. uh, and <laughs> vaccines. And so mm -hmm. my children are not vaccinated. They haven't had a single vaccine. Um, they haven't really had antibiotics or any pills. Um, yeah. We always try to do everything, um, home remedy, taking care of. So when Kobe was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, where it's a drug that keeps him alive. Mm -hmm. That must have been hard. 
That was probably the biggest punch in the gut I got in my life. Mm. Then I had to accept that there is a time and a place for medicine. You know, it's a life Mm -hmm. drug. Prior to uh, 1940s when insulin was invented, children with type 1 or adults, whoever got type 1, would have passed within four months. And now he's alive due to a drug. So to me, when I don't take, I don't take Tylenol. Like I've never, I've never tried any drugs. I've never smoked a regular cigarette. Like I am way off the, my husband says I'm lame. Um, I'll have a drink. I mean, that's a drug. I'll have a drink here and there, but I you'll never see me shit face either. Excuse my French. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's a control issue. I need to know what's going on, where I'm at, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but that's how it, it started. And then it turned into, you know, my, my husband doesn't have allergies. Wow. Yeah. I believe it, though, because when my husband and I travel to Europe, we always, always talk about food because the food mm-hmm. is definitely poison here. It's poison. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Like, mm-hmm. we have these big fat grapes and we have these really, uh, you know, all these big strawberries and all that. You go over to Europe and they're little teeny grapes and they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. watermelon when i see the seedless watermelon i'm like just think about it how <laughs> was seedless we would never have watermelon again because you need the seeds to plant it right mm-hmm. so when humans right. remove that and and you know it's genetically modified because god created it with the seeds you remember growing up there were big black seeds in it yeah yeah i always joke around like when i buy sour cream or i buy yogurt i buy anything i always buy it whole milk because I mm-hmm. don't want humans touching my food. I don't want them removing things because that's when you mess with it, you're changing how God made it. If God made the milk with fat, there's a reason why fat's in the milk. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. That's right. Crazy. I, You know what? I'm going to make a confession to you right now. I actually forgot we were live on Facebook because I am so I'm so interested in this conversation. <laughs> I forgot what we were here for. We're not even kidding at all. Oh, my God. Okay. That is fascinating. So, I, oh, hi, everyone. Real <laughs> estate. This is a totally different. It's okay. So how did you get into real estate? Uh-oh. Did we freeze oh, her? Oh, but she's cute, Frozen. <laughs> Cute. When I freeze, I'm like all. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, look. <laughs> or like that. I oh my gosh! I wonder. <clears throat> I can't she believe she's frozen out. like that. I have to take a picture for her because that's. I know it's so cute. She looks so cute right there. She always <laughs> looks- <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. She might have to pop off. Let me see. Well, I hi. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can do it. I don't think I can help her. Uh-oh. Wonder yeah. why all this. So, oh well, she's gone. She's coming back. back. Again, yeah, she's gonna pop back in. So, right now we look cool in our little slide things. Technical difficulty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can pop into her box. Hi, I'm Gogo. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, you guys, you, here's some things you need to know about GoGo. She is yeah. a social media genius, and she's going to give you guys an offer because um, she has a, a social media boot camp that's out of this world. If you don't, if you've never seen her on Instagram, you need to. Yes, you need to follow yeah, me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so I'll tell you one of my There you are. I took a picture of you because you froze like this. So cute. You froze. Yeah, so cute. Cute. <laughs> tag me, tag me in it. 
<laughs> for sure. I will. So how did you get into real estate? Why real estate? So that's another child story. So when Duke was born, so my second child was born, I worked up to last minute in corporate America and I got the FMLA and the six weeks unpaid and whatever. So when I went back at nine weeks, um, literally I went back on Monday and on Tuesday I had to take Friday. I think that week I had to take him into the doctors because he wasn't feeling good. So we ended up spending a month in the hospital. We almost lost Duke. He got Giardia. And in the hospital, I know. <laughs> Like I had my first year in the hospital as a kid. I'm not gonna, I, I'm all this in a bag of chips, but when I see a sick child, it, that, that's when I just see the darkest. I've never heard somebody say all that in a bag of chips in so long. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> like literally probably since junior high. <laughs> I learned a slang, I stick to it. <laughs> It's a good one. I'm totally bringing it back. I'm sorry, what? How do you get Giardia from water? Uh, yeah, it's a freshwater parasite, but at the time it was only nine weeks old, and I nursed both of the boys for 12 months. Uh, sorry, 14 months, but you're in two months. So he never even had water at that point. So they weren't really checking for Giardia. They were, but they weren't. So they missed it. They checked twice and they missed it. Um, but we almost lost him. So it was one of my darkest times, spent a month in the hospital. I don't think I showered or brushed my teeth for a straight month because I wouldn't leave the child's sight. Um, but after that, I could not imagine handing my child over to a stranger so I can go back to work. So then I no. stayed with him. Yeah, no, I just couldn't. I was like, I don't care if you're eating peanut butter jelly for two years. I have to be with my child. Mm -hmm. And um, so we stayed. I stayed home for about a year and a half after and he was good and thank god he's healthy and and just the cutest little mischievous child um but i also realized about a year and a half in that i'm not really cut out for this stay-at-home mom gig <laughs> i need like i need to put makeup on i need to contribute to society i need to make money i need to feel like i'm worth something um and i know i'm changing my child's life and i so i wanted to find something that i can continue being a mom but I could still make good money on my terms. Not reporting to anyone. I work when I have the time. So for the longest, well, actually, it wasn't my idea. My neighbor, you know how God works in this, you know, God makes sure that the opportunity falls on your lap. So my neighbor walked out to me. We were on the driveway one day, and she's the marketing director for Capital Title, who's an in-house title company for Real Estate One in the state of Michigan. They were the largest real estate company at the time. And um, she said, you would be such a good realtor. You're so social, and you have so many friends. and you should be a real estate agent. And I, at that time, I was like, I watch HGTV. That's all I do all day. I can do this. You know, <laughs> it looks so simple. You think every agent is like, I oh, used to walk around, show million dollar properties. They're going to buy one and you make a commission and you move on to the next. I didn't realize that. Hold on a minute. Where are those buyers and sellers coming from? How are they going to find me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so. Yes. I, went and, I went and talked. She already set up the, the meeting with the broker. I went and talked to her. They offered me the job if and when I passed my license. They even covered my licensing if I passed. With the first transaction, they would reimburse me. I was like, okay. So I went. I got my license. I did the one week in class. Um, I learned better. Like I can't learn through video because you lose I don't it. know how people do it online. I, I can't do it. 30 seconds, I'm already responding to emails, I'm talking to my child, oh, yeah. I'm eating lunch, I'm running a load of laundry, I can <laughs> So um, I did it in class and uh, passed right away, first time, and went to Real Estate One, and I was with them for six and a half years. 
And then KW got to me. By that time, I built my social media to the point where um, they really started talking about what's called profit share. And I didn't know what that was. They were just talking about there's other ways of making money besides just chasing that next commission. And I was making very good money. And my cut was so good at real estate, one that truly no one could touch it with a six-foot pole. Like, I was like, you can't afford me. Trust me. When I show you my numbers, you can't afford me to come over. And so they got me with profit share because I was already burnt out. I already reached my ceiling that year. I did 48 transactions personally, and my head was spinning. So even when I was home, I was doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not home with my children, but I'm really not there. And I knew in order to make more money, I something had to change. I could not sell more transactions. Also, with the local price range, uh, locally the price range is between 180 and 250, and I was already in the in the mid 300. So I knew if I break into luxury, you know how that goes. Yeah, it's luxury, but they're gonna sit in the market for six months. There's less than one percent of the buyer who can afford it. Yada yada. I don't have patience for that. I want quick money. So I figured I'm like, okay, then, I, then to grow a team. I also learned that I started that twice. Then I don't have the personality. <laughs> uh, prior to be a team leader. Uh, I, I was raised with Eastern European mentality of you know, get your shit done. I can't take excuses. I hate nothing more than lazy. Uh, oh, I can't work today because my cat has diarrhea. <laughs> you have more excuses. I, oh my gosh, since I've been in the industry, I feel like, all the time i'm like how do you stop working because of whatever their excuses yeah, it's exactly. just crazy. yeah so i don't do well with that and i make people cry so for that i have christine <laughs> that's, awesome. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we started the show is to take away people's excuses so i yeah. we interview what women after women after woman after woman who has a sick child and deals with this and deals with that and still sells 8 million in real estate. I mean, that's one of the the driving factors of what keeps me talking to people is like, come on, if you could just get rid of your excuses and stop being such a weenie. It get out of your own way is what I, I like to say. Get out of your yeah. way. Yeah. Because you're blocking yourself from success. There's always a way. You have a problem. Yeah. Fixing it. I'm still thinking of you making people cry as a team lead. <laughs> it's <laughs> fabulous in my head. <laughs> I do, so I'm not allowed to talk. Even with clients, I'm not allowed to talk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) My husband literally officially made the call last week. He's like, you are not allowed to talk directly to clients anymore. Because now I'm in a position where I get to choose who I work with. Where in the past, I had to look at people and be like, yeah, for $12,000, I'll be your best friend for 90 days. Yep, I can do this, $12,000, I got this. You know what I mean? Like, that's the truth. Some people, you can only be around them because they're going to pay your mortgage. You can only be around them because they're going to put food on the table. Because if it was a choice, I would never, because I do believe that people have energies. I do believe that people can drain you, you know, just as being with people. There are people that <laughs> I would I would pay for them to, to go away. You know what I mean? So, and now, I mean, we did. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> there was a whole lot of them that went away and it's all right with me. <laughs> exactly. So if I never see you again, I'll be perfectly fine and happy. So yeah. I'm at that point where I'm like, I get to choose who I work with. And if you don't fit that mold, I am not putting up with anyone, not even for $30,000, $40,000. No, no, not it. I walked away from 1.4 million double-sided transaction um, a few months ago just for that reason. And um, I sleep just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, I guess what was the last question? Well, you were you were te- you were on your journey and you oh, were. Yeah. Telling- 
You were at Keller Williams. You did two teams. Yeah. You started a team twice. Yep. Right. And then right. I guess I can thank Keller for opening my eyes <laughs> because you don't know what you don't know until it's in front of you and you're like, oh, now I understand what revenue share is because now I understand what profit share is. But if I didn't switch to Keller to learn about profit share, I would have not had my listening ears because prior to Keller, many people talked to me about EXP, but I was like, no, it's a pyramid scheme. You guys are all weird. It's a set. <laughs> not it. Yeah. And then finally, after having my understanding of profit share, realizing that profit share only works if there's an actual profit to be shared. Right, right. A, it's not trackable. Um, I never knew where my money came from. And it just really was not, no offense, but it, to me, was not worth my time. Mm -hmm. And now, taking that information over to EXP and finally having my listening ears um, and seeing real numbers and results is when I was like, I can't not be at EXP. I can always go back if this was a bad decision. I can always go back and pick it up at another brokerage, but I will never have an opportunity this early with the company. So I switched to EXP in 2000, no, October of 2018. So it's been a year and a half. Nice. And you in know a what? year and a half, I mean, just think about that. I saw you were number four, I think, on that list the other day in a year and a half. That's yeah. so cool. I'm trying to catch up with Chuck if he was <laughs> break. <laughs> Take him to Europe for a month. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, I, and I'm going on the EXP bandwagon. I have, talking about surrounding yourself with people. Yeah. We closed our 900 agent brokerage and I, I don't regret a single minute of it. I am surrounding and meeting people and collaborating and growing more in the last, since I joined EXP than I have in years. It's, yeah. it's been extraordinary. And you say listening ears. I'm just looking for people who have listening ears, right? Yeah. Because I'm looking for people who are looking for me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, it's, extra, it's an extraordinary opportunity. I think any agent is a fool to not at least listen. Why wouldn't somebody listen? Why wouldn't somebody just listen? Like, I, love when right they say, I love when they say, but I love my broker. I'm like, cut me a $56,000 check. And I'll be so nice to you. I'll call you every morning and tell you how you're a freaking rock star. <laughs> so nice to you. You paid them a fortune last year. Yeah. Would they yeah. still be so nice to you if you weren't with them? Would they still be so nice to you if you weren't cutting them a full year salary? Mm-hmm. Yep, Summer, you're right. <laughs> Hi, Summer. She's so cute. I love her. So, so, um, You've been at EXP for a year and a half, and I think it's working out for you. You told me a milestone not too long ago. What was the milestone? Let's see. Now, what were you able to do with your revenue share check? <laughs> Cover all our bills. Business. Cover all bills. So not just how So starting car payments and health insurance and you name it, every bill that we have in the house. I mean, I have my Netflix on that list. Like I plugged in everything <laughs> have. And then on top of it, our business bills too, which mine are very little because I don't have marketing costs. Really my biggest cost is uh, Christy, my assistant. And other than that, I have very little cost uh, because I'm able to figure out how to do things with organic traffic on social media. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, all like, all of our bills are covered in just one month of revenue share. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. 
That mm -hmm. is awesome. How did you get so good at social media? Like what, what drew you to that? What, why, why is that working for you? <laughs> I had no other choice. I barely spoke to this. I had no sphere of influence. I had no education in the US. I had no money to plug into marketing. I had no cousins that are going to buy a house from me or a college friend or something. And I was suddenly in sales in Pinckney, Michigan. Okay. You can't even find it on the map. Okay. <laughs> and B, because I'm a researcher. So when I want something, I will get to the end of YouTube, to the end of Google. I will talk to everybody who's in that industry to figure it out. So I figured out that 80% of the agents will give up in the first year. What's left, another 80% will give up in the second year. Now, the top 20% does 80% of the business. And I am no loser. I am the sorest loser you'll ever meet. <laughs> I cannot. I will die trying. And so I was like, I'm not going to be that percentage. I am not going to be a statistics. If I want to do something, I will figure out a way to do it. And I realized I can't afford. So then I went into top producers' offices and I asked them, how do you do this? You know, why are you a top producer? And then so one of them says, well, we cold call every morning from 8 to 11. <laughs> like, I have a freaking accident. My name is Gogo. That's the wrong 1 800 number. Like, <laughs> Nobody is gonna buy a house for me. Plus, I have an accent. Like, <laughs> yeah, not the right cold calling for me. Not the right feel. Mm -hmm. And so then the next one was, well, we buy leads from Zillow. We spend about whatever seven thousand dollars with Zillow. I was like, I have six bucks. I I don't have seven thousand dollars. And then the next one was, well, I really farm my area and I really work my sphere of influence, which I'm like. Don't have that option. Mm -hmm. So I went down all of the things. So it was a process of elimination to figure out everything I don't have or I can do or I won't do, which for me also cold calling, it's not because I could have not done it. I probably could have. I would have had to work much harder than other people because I have an accent. But I could have probably done it. But that's kind of, I always joke, I, this, that's against my religion. I can't do that. It's against my core being. I know what I bring to the table. And in my mind, these people are lucky that they get to work with me. I am not begging some stranger on the other end of the phone call to work with me. They are lucky they get to work with me. So I just, it was so against of how I feel that I just couldn't go against that feeling just so I can gain. Mm -hmm. It was against my personality. So then I realized that pretty much leaves me Facebook. So then I created a Facebook page and then I started posting everything on Facebook, just pretty much took them along the ride. I mean, if you think about it, when you get your license, the people who know you, they know you just got your license. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're not going to be the first one for you to practice on, that's for sure. And with their biggest investment. So it, it takes a long time before the people that know you will actually do a transaction with you because they know you are new. And yes. so then I figured, well, then now I have to reach strangers. I have to be able to find strangers and my sphere was like five people, <laughs> like you know what I mean? So I had to uh, tap into that stranger category anyway. And that's how Facebook came about. So then I figured, I'm like, okay, if I'm opening a page and I am a brand new agent, then I am going to just say the truth. I'm a brand new agent and I'm taking you guys on the ride of how someone becomes a top producer because I knew I would. Mm -hmm. To come on the ride, I was like, oh my gosh, guys, what is this? Like if I go to a house and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Somebody asking me is like, oh, that's an old fashioned doorbell. And I was like, really? It looked like a <laughs> with two metal sticks in it. You know, things like that. And then people get that 
they become a part of your journey. You know, they want to see you have, like all the silly things or the, the stuff that is going on. And then um, eventually, probably about five years into my career, I got licensed in 2011. Probably about five years into my career, I started getting frustrated with, with transactions, frustrated with clients. You know, you, you start like first the excitement is so good, then you put all the negative to the side. But eventually you get to a point where the negative kind of has to be addressed or you have to release it. If not, it boils up, you leave the industry altogether. So mm -hmm. I was like, I need to take this pity party <laughs> over to Instagram. And uh, I figured, I don't know why on earth I thought that my, my followers from Facebook wouldn't just also follow me on Instagram. But I figured if I start a new account there, same name, there's different platform, I could actually talk about the good, bad, and the ugly. Because I didn't want to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly on Facebook because a lot of my followers were current clients or past clients. Mm -hmm. And so I figured I can take this party over to Instagram. So what happened is because I was talking a different tone, a different language, same industry, but different side. Now I started having all these agents follow me that would feel my pain, that would understand what I'm talking about. And so that's how it started growing is because it was real estate related, but from an agent perspective, not necessarily hearing to find the next buyer or seller. Hmm. And that's how the madness started. You do a great job. I was, I, me and Angela talk to a lot of people who, um, they always talk about, okay, everything's perfect on social media and they never share the, you know, the ugly parts of it. And you do that with, um, with real estate, but you also do it like, I, what did you do the other day? It was you and somebody you work with and you're like, look how she's all done up and here I am with no makeup. And then you smiled and you're like, and I don't have my tooth in. And I was like, I love that. I was cracking up. So it was when you decide you want the real then you have to show the real i don't know if you saw it a couple of days ago when my best friend called me his name is kevin and he called me he was like i can't believe you did that and I'm like well, <laughs> i went working out with christy and and uh, there's a group of ladies that we work out with and as we got into the car i saw a hair and it was literally growing out of my forehead like right there <laughs> <laughs> and Christy was like, let me pull it. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. Let me get the camera. <laughs> Christy's pulling her hair out of the middle of my forehead. <laughs> and my boyfriend just lost it. He goes, there is no end to your to your thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, we are not perfect. You know, we, we had a situation going on. So the last few days, I've been a little quiet because I don't know how not to share everything. So if I'm not on there, I, I can go on there and act like everything's fine. If it's not, um, and I wasn't necessarily in the position of sharing what was going on. So instead mm -hmm. of, I just, I didn't even go on there at all um, because I can't, I got so used to, then I literally just talk about like diarrhea of the mouth, everything that it goes through my mind, everything that's happening in the day, like literally good, bad and the ugly. Then I was like, I can go on there and act like everything's fine when you're in a, when you're in a situation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to share the situation. So I'm like, I'm not even going to go on there. Um, so, yeah. you know, I'm okay with having my life out there. I don't could care less what people think, to be honest with you. I got out of high school a long time ago. Um, so for me, it's if, if they want to follow me good, if they want to come along the journey and see that my life is not perfect, uh, my business is not perfect. Um, there are good, there's highs, there's lows, there's in the middle. There are I can't believe, I can't believe that there'd be one person, one thinking person on this entire earth that wouldn't want to know you. I swear. <laughs> I mean, I lady, uh, 
not long ago, she messaged me. She took it really personally because when there were riots here in Michigan during the COVID in Lansing, I went live and I just showed what's going on. Now, I didn't show my position on it of how I felt about the subject, but I just showed what's going on here in Michigan. So she was like, I can't believe you would promote that. I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And she's like, she really wanted to change my mind on the subject. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I have my stand on it. I have, you know, God gave me a brain and I like to use it. And I have an opinion and this is my opinion. Like I don't, I'm not going to. And she's like, well, you're going to look, you're going to lose followers on that. I'm going to unfollow you because of that. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, no offense, but if I adjusted my opinion to cater to every single person that decided to follow me, I would have no personality in the end of the day. Right. Right. I can't so stick to me. And then it is yeah. her choice. If I no, she's no longer wishes to follow me because our views don't match, then it is her choice to unfollow me and go live her life her way. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to change my views and my beliefs just so I can make someone happy and like yeah yeah i agree i agree what a breath of fresh air there's kristen and i constantly talk about how fake people are online and it is a breath of fresh air to hear and to know that you're genuine online it's awesome always said how on earth do you have friends <laughs> <laughs> because i'm always say the opposite how on earth do you not have friends if you've been exactly. yeah because i'm so blunt like you asked me how you're you're bottom looks in those jeans <laughs> I, I told my friend i'm like you're asian you don't have an ass i'm sorry I'm, so, I'm sorry and she was like oh my gosh you're so right we just had the biggest laugh out of it but it just think like i can't be fake so i told my husband i'm like i rather have a handful of friends that understand me and they know that i will never lie to you mm -hmm. to have a million of them and they lie to my face Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree 100%. Actually, when my ass looks in the jeans, tell me it looks hideous so I can go change it. <laughs> right. Well, don't, don't lie to my face. So to me, being nice to someone so you don't hurt their feelings is actually the worst thing you can do right. in my yeah. mind. Because if they're asking you a question, they want your honest response. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie to your face. I can't mm -hmm. do it. So tell, tell our audience... If you, if they want to be around you, they want to work with you, they want to learn from you. How can they do that? So the quickest is, is if you Google Google's real estate, you find me everywhere under that. My name, the way I run business is Google Becky or Google's real estate. Um, Instagram is probably my biggest platform. It's where I pour my heart out, um, and that's probably the best way. And what if they want to learn social media from you? That would be gogosbootcamp.com. But uh, if they follow me on Gogos Real Estate, they can see who I am and they'll get access to all of it. There's a lot of free uh, training there as well in my bio um, on Instagram. So they can start with that and see my style. And if they want to learn more, then it's gogosbootcamp.com. I also, if there are EXP, sorry, EXP agents on here, I do give an EXP discount um, and that is gogosbootcamp.com forward slash EXP. But make sure you use, and that's 25% off, make sure you use your EXP email address when you sign up. Because if you use a personal email and I can't prove that you're an EXP agent, you won't get access to the platform. You won't get the discount. And she won't she won't respect you because that would be a lie. <laughs> exactly. I would tell you something. This is the truth. A lot of times moms in real estate episodes are like done at like 20 minutes. Uh -huh. I feel we could do an hour in 20 minutes. Oh, easily. What a pleasure. I'm, I, I thank you so much, especially today for following through and taking your time. 
And it is a pleasure to know you. And I'm sure everyone will be blessed by this episode. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's it's my pleasure. I, as I told you, there's a little life event that's going on and I canceled everything else but this. Thank oh, you. I really and I'm having you on again, probably three or four times because there's no end to how interesting your life is. It's awesome. I know. Thank you guys. I It, it was my pleasure. I love that is a reason why I got into real estate is because I wanted to be a mom first. I wanted to have that freedom. I wanted to have that time with my children, especially with, with a diabetic. If I have to drop everything and go and go change a pump or a CGM, like I had to go on all field trips because otherwise he would have not been able to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what, what am I going to tell my boss about every two weeks? Sorry, peace. I can't come in today. Like, you know, I mean, like that you can't do that in a corporate America job. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It was was amazing. And if, if being a mom is important to someone, I, I believe real estate is probably one of the best jobs. Um, and also it has no ceiling because that's my other yeah. thing. My competitive nature cannot get a job where I have a salary and a cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then if I reach it, then what? Exactly. Exactly. I love this real. I love this industry. I love it. I will do it till the day the Lord takes me. I think it's an amazing industry. Yeah. My, my husband Never. asked me, he's like, is it ever going to be good enough for you? And no. No. I, well, God God put a thing in me. Strive. Go, 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 go. go. <laughs> the way I look at it, it's not because it's not enough. I have more than what I need. That's not mm-hmm. because it's not enough. That's because when one day I'm at the pearly gates of heaven and God, I want him to be proud of me. I want him to say that I put every skill that he put in me, I put it to test and I took it to 100 plus percent so then he can be proud of me. And then when I'm at the end of my life journey, I can say, I had a good run. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, I, I experienced everything. I travel, I ate the foods that I wanted. I hung with the people that I wanted. I lived the life and the lifestyle and they left the legacy and I took my children around the globe. And, you know, I mean, and I, and I introduced them to God because I think that's very important for them. It is my job for them to know about God, what they do with that information down on the road and how they live their job, their lives. That's, I can't control that. But doing my job up front to know that at least they know um, that there is a God and, and, and how they should live their life after that, it's, it's their choice. So I wanted all of those things. And at the same time, I wanted to make money. And you are. <laughs> Yay. Uh, well, I'm going to let these people go. Stay on for just a second. Go, go. Thank you, guys. Uh, nice interaction today. Thank you for watching. Um, you can't help it because she's delightful. We, we love you guys. God bless you. Love you guys. Bye.